drink it in now. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in now. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on, everybody? It's your host, Derek Oakley, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, uh... Gotta be a double side, right? Cornbread! Cornbread! We got a big win against the Chargers to talk about. Fun game, intense game, nervous game, good outcome, and so much more to talk about with the Lions. Lots of fun here on this show. And even better, because the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only is back on the show... You can find him on Twitter at Chops in the D. Chops, buddy, you're back. The lines have been balling. How you been doing? Okri, it's another great day to serve up that Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid, baby. You got to drink <laughs> it in. It's doing doing good, doing good. We're 7-2. and two. We're rolling, coming out of the bye. Got a big W to talk about this week. And, uh, man, I may or may not have some buzzwords to describe this game, and maybe it also might apply to our head coach and also to Ben Genius. But, man, we're going to have a hell of a show today. Let's roll. Let's do this. Glad to have you back, man. It's going to be fun to talk about this game and our Detroit. (laughs) Um, So, you know, this was a game, Choppy. We're going into it, and I'm like... You know, I've been saying all week long, I'm just kind of, we're tougher, Detroit grit, we're going to slap them in the face, we're going to beat them up, we're more physical, they're not tough enough, they can't handle me. You know, I even had Beetlejuice on the show, he kind of was a decent replacement for you, to be honest. Uh, But um, we got after it, I thought, man, they just can't deal with Penny Sewell and company. But I swear, this game's 405 kick. I was doing 8 million other things, PFF, video, fantasy football, watching games. I I had to get myself rolling for this 405 kick. And the way this thing started, you know, we get going. It's 10-3, then it's 17-3. Jameer Gibbs is doing Jameer Gibbs-like things. I swear, it kind of took me a while to get really going in this game. But back and forth, lots of points, uh, you know, just uh, what was your overall take of it? And, and were you hype going in or was it kind of like, oh, we got this or was it a tough ball game? Got to have the win from the start, do you think? You know, this. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned the late kickoff. I actually really, really enjoyed the later kickoff. You know, it kind of let me get some stuff done on Sunday. I could go to church and uh, my daughter had some practice. So the four o'clock kickoff was actually kind of a nice change of pace up on uh, CBS listening to Tony Romo and in the crew. But uh, yeah, you know, the game started off great. I was happy. You know, we came in, you know, 
field goal, field goal, touchdown, interception. I'm thinking, oh, we're just gonna we're just gonna bury these guys. Like it's gonna be a bloodbath again. I'm I'm thinking at some point it should, you know, <laughs> at, at one point it really should have been like 24 to three. Um, but we kind of, you know, we got a little, you know, we did a little Dan gamble, which we know we like to do. We turned it over on downs. Um, you know, we we settled for a field goal when we really, you know, after uh, thinking we should probably kind of get a a touchdown. But you know. <laughs> The funny thing is, Okri, I was I was never worried at any point in time, even when the Chargers tied it 24 to 24 and then 38 to 38. In my head, I was never like, oh, my gosh, we're going to blow this game. Like, no, this is the brand new Lions, Okri. And every time the Chargers came at us, we just came back right at them. So, you know, it didn't matter what they were going to come at us with. We were coming right back. And I just trust this regime. I trust this offense. Uh, We can get a little into the defense later. But, man, I was never in doubt. I was never worried. And when we decided to go for it and kick the game-winning field goal, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I expected to happen. I expected us to make one big play that we needed to wear the clock down and then just, you know, hody-hum, kick a little field goal and win the game. It was great. I I agree with you on the standpoint like throughout the game I kind of felt like I wasn't ultra nervous I wasn't down on our defense I wasn't really even concerned even though Keenan Allen's going crazy and they're scoring points I was kind of like I don't know it's just a weird game the thing I want to say on the opposite side is I do think me you Kool-Aid drinkers Lions fans in general we're kind of getting a little kooky with some of this bloodbath talk that you're saying, oh, we're going to win by 20. Oh, it should have been 31-10 and it was only 17-10. you know, 10. Uh, We're kind of getting crazy with all these what-ifs. So I think sometimes we got to do like we did in this ball game, play drive after drive, play after play, keep scoring points. If they score points, if we can hold them down, great. But at the end of the day, you got to score more points than the opponents and win. A couple quick things I thought. I thought we started fast um, for the most part, which is nice. Seeing them getting 10, 17 points pretty early in the game is, is a good sign. Um, the defense, I mean, just you know Keenan Allen's that dude. And I don't know why you're just letting him get free releases. You're you're just letting him run all over the field clean. you got to physical him up. And uh, it's just not what I expected, you know, um, from a football game. I thought this, what did I have, like 28-20? Or I was even thinking like 31-something because I thought we were just going to pound them into the ground. And instead it was a wide-open shootout that we end up winning late because of Dan freaking Campbell. Yeah, Chubby, your quarterback played well. He's throwing the ball around the yard. He's doing his thing, whatever. But Dan freaking Campbell has onions big onions because those calls on four down his moxie dan alpha the ultimate alpha male that i see in this guy is just an absolute winner and uh i was even yelling at my tv like screw it just go for it again like i don't even care at this point like i'm not playing this conservative what if ball go for it get it let's end them and uh that's exactly what we did yeah, Okri, you you hit it right on the head with the onions, man. I mean, the words that come to mind with this game, with this game plan, with the way we played, balls, stones, cajones, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, man. Like, Dan freaking Campbell has to carry around his stones in a wheelbarrow the way this guy is is living life right I've now. I've seen a few tweets with that. Just crazy. 
Absolutely crazy. Four for five on fourth down. We are in field goal range at the end of the game where Riley Patterson could just pop one up between the uprights, but no, they're like, hey, fourth and two, let's go for it. And we're another a minute 50 off the clock so we can just kick a game-winning field goal and not even give Justin free-flowing Herbert the ball back at the end. It's so, you know, again, I... I who runs a draw play on fourth and five? Tell me who does that because no one does that. Tony Romo says no one does that. I say no one does that. Dan freaking Campbell does that, and it works. It was amazing. You want to know what Frank Ribble thought about that draw on fourth and five? Tell me, Frank. Wow. 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 <laughs> It was a shocker, but here, here's what I'm learning about this regime, this head coach, the coordinator, you know, the whole staff. These are calculated choices. These are not Dan random gambles. These aren't throw it at the wall and see what sticks. These are, we know these are going to work. We're not giving the ball back to Justin Herbert because we know he'll go through our defense like butter, like he has all game. This is, I'm going to finish you and win a football game because I'm that guy and you're not. Like, uh I feel like all these offensive calls are all been genius. Just knowing what needs to get done. These are not uh, random trick plays. These aren't, wow, I hope this works against any defense. These are, if we see this, do this. And then that will happen. I mean, Ben Genius, I love you. Ben Johnson, I love you. Ben Johnson, you are my hero. Exactly, Lomas. So I think that's what we got to start learning is not only is this going to continue, but this is not like by luck. This isn't by chance. This isn't a flip of a coin. This isn't, I'll draw this up in the dirt and we'll see what happens. These guys are cold, calculated, and ruthless to win ball games for the Detroit Lions. And that, that's exactly what they did. Yeah, Okri, you are spot on. And the thing that really allows Ben Genius to uh, to do this is you're right. He, he knows that he can dial up a play and say, guys, Jared. If this is what you're seeing at the line, you're run this play. If they're doing this, you can you can uh, call, call back to that. You know, you can audible over to this. He there are three key components to me for me about why Ben Genius can do what he's doing right now. Number one, Jared Goff. He knows that Jared Goff is smart enough to read what the defense is giving them to make the play call what needs to be played at the line of scrimmage before he snaps the ball. Number two, the best freaking o-line in the nfl people these guys are blocking dudes they are keeping jared goff clean they are opening up holes for the run game they are all over the field doing everything they do i could sit there and watch analysis break down this five-man front six-man front when you bring in the tight end because laporta ain't no slouch either when it comes to blocking and just watch these guys dominate the d-line it's amazing what these guys are doing. And point number three is Amon Ra freaking St. Brown, okay? My boy, Amon Ra. <laughs> this guy is the best absolute wide receiver drafted in the 2021 class. If you think it's Jamar Chase, if you think it's A.J. Brown, I don't care who you think it is, you're wrong. If your answer is not Amon Ra, or as Big Santa would say... <laughs> This is this is Stash in the ATL who did us both up, but you you delivered it so well I wasn't gonna play it, but now I will. I'm a uh, th Thank you, Stash. I called you Santa. My bad. It's Stash in the ATL. Hit it again, Oak. I love it. 
I'm <laughs> oh my goodness, Choppy! Like, I want to, I, I want to say something quickly before we keep this show rolling. We got so much to get into, and uh, you know, y- you mentioned your quarterback. So, uh, I first want to say that at one point you yelled this at me. I don't want your bula bula support when it comes to Jared Goff. You don't get to join the golf train. You're off, bro. You're off. You said that to me very derogatory, and I responded with this. I don't hate him. I don't. <laughs> I, I'm still looking for a seat on the golf train. I'm curious of what the price is to to get a seat or to join this golf train that you speak of, because that's my major concern. But I want to give you and the hashtag golf train a little bit of credit, because one of the things that I like so much about our quarterback is what you just hit on. He... In this system, I, there's rumor in window back in the day that Sean McVay had to tell him everything to do, everywhere to throw, everything that was going on. Whereas here, I feel like it's been built up where this guy, um, at least after the game, he sounds like he knows everything he wants to get to. He knows everything that's going to work against this. He never feels flustered, never feels worried. He can diagnose everything. And that's a huge part because we'll get to this guy later, just run fields. The reason that guy's not good isn't because he's not big enough, fast enough, strong enough, can throw it good enough. It's because he's not smart and he can't diagnose and he doesn't know what to do or where to go with the football. And that's what your quarterback does. And uh, so did Justin Herbert in this game. But uh, yeah, man, uh, he's got everything under control. So does Ben Genius. Dan freaking Campbell's running the whole ship, train, team, whatever you want to call it. And we're balling. We're 7-2. and two. This was a huge win. We had to have it. A road game, by the way. Went out to the West Coast and took a W in a 41-38 shootout over the, you know, prancy, dancy, fancy Los Angeles Chargers. And now we're coming home for the Bears and Packers in our house. So, absolutely love it, man. Yeah, Okri, I mean, I mentioned before, you know, I think a couple weeks ago that this was one of the ones that I had as a trap game. Um, you know, coming to the West Coast, a later start, uh, you know, the Chargers, I know, man, there's times where they don't look good at all, but they, you know, there's other times where they can really put it together. I mean, you know, don't poo-poo that Justin Herbert threw for 323 yards and four touchdowns. Um, he had a he had a pretty bad pick there. Um, but again, I, I just, I, I have so much confidence in a gun, a, another big piece of this. Okri, let me ask you a question. How many times did you hear the broadcasters mention, oh, I don't know, Khalil Mack or Bosa during this game? How many times? That'd be zero. That would be zero. That's exactly right. You know why? Because Khalil Mack only had one tackle for a loss. Joey Bosa only had one total tackle the whole freaking game. Our O-line absolutely dominated this pass rush that was, you know, getting to the quarterback. And, you know, people think Khalil Mack is a problem. People know that Joey Bosa is a problem. Well, guess what? They weren't a freaking problem for this O-line because my boy Penny Sewell, Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnasty, and the whole O-line was just dominant again and again and again. We're getting healthy. And in in this case, I don't care, you know, it, it... if you can keep your quarterback clean and you can up, up open up holes to allow your running game to rush for 200 yards, then you're going to win football games. And that's exactly what we're doing on the road at home in the playoffs, all the way to Las Vegas at the Super Bowl, baby. Cause that's what we're doing. We're keeping our quarterback clean and our offense is clicking. Gops, I know I agree with you. And so does 
the one and only Beetlejuice. Yeah, I understand. I got it in my head, dude. Because we did exactly what he said we were going to do last week. It can't end me. They ain't tough enough yet. I'll put him down to his knees, buddy. That that might even be Penny Sewell audio, to be honest, what he said on the football field. So, Choppy, real quick, I, I want to hit you with this before we get to our commercial break. You just said Super Bowl. They said Super Bowl on the broadcast. I'm hearing radio stations. They always hate on the team, talking about how great we are and how we're going to the Super Bowl and how they knew it all along. Um, I mean, you you guys know what that is, right? You know why? Because I'm not a Kool-Aid drinker. Exactly. But now you love our team. Um, I I feel like my question is this. like, So Brad Holmes kind of played it. You know, low come the trade deadline. He made one little move. They've added Bruce Irvin here before we got recording for pass rush, I guess. I think he's like 34, 35 years old, however old he is. But he has been known to be able to get to the quarterback. He's kind of a finesse player, almost like a James Houston type. So they really didn't do anything big. My question to you is like, I was thinking about this a little more. And I'm like, man, Brad Holmes seems like a guy that's, all in like he's not trying to just do this or do that but I also thought about it as like everyone's got these ultra high expectations now I feel like we're playing with house money if and when we win the division if and when we have a home playoff game if and when we win that home playoff game and then see what happens after that if we go on a run great if we don't we're still building because one thing Brad Holmes said and Dan Campbell said is They've had a plan all along, and they've even said recently, hey, we're kind of ahead of schedule. So do you think they are going to go for everything no matter what, or do you feel like Brad Holmes is kind of looking at it going, I'm sticking to my plan. I'm not going to mess up the plan. I don't want to shortchange it, but I'm also going to take it step by step, and it might be do X, Y, and Z this year, do X, Y, and Z plus next year, do bigger things after that, and keep building rather than everybody now is basically Super Bowl or bust, it feels like, from a fan base and also from just how much the expectations have been raised. What do you think? So, Okri, my opinion is this is, this, is the, this is the best thing about having a good plan is the ability to pivot and shift Stick with the foundation of the plan, but make changes along the way accordingly. If you said to Brad Holmes, will you be making the playoffs in year three, be seven and two, beating the defending champs? He'd probably be like, there's no way I can commit to that. Three years we got. I mean, you saw the dumpster fire I took over. You know, he wouldn't Mm -hmm. say that, but, you know, we know that's what he was thinking. There's no way in three years I'm taking this team to the Super Bowl. But guess what? That's where we're at right now, and that's what we're talking about. He has made moves in the draft. He has made shrewd moves in free agency. He has made hard decisions that he's needed to make with coaches and parallel personnel. So, But he's also not just going to go and trade all our first-round draft picks to win his championship this year and then become another dumpster fire next year, okay? Like, he's doing it the right way. He's building the foundation. The foundation is built. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have assets he can move and try to pivot a little bit. Again, the trade deadline's done now. But I would not have been surprised if he was willing to give up a late first round pick or maybe a second round pick for a total game changer that was going to help us to get us to the promised land. Okay, next year in offseason, I expect him to be a little bit more aggressive. We still have cap space, but he's not going to sacrifice the foundation of the team. That's the O-line. That's the quarterback. And that's the offensive weapons that he has put around Jared Goff. Um, The list goes on and on and on. So. 
I like where we're at. I am a little disappointed that we didn't bring in a defensive playmaker. Okay. I would have loved to see a pass rush. Someone to put on the other side to help out Hutch because again, beyond Hutch, you know, we can get into our defense. I mean, that's a whole segment. I don't know if we have time to get into today, but beyond Hutch, our D line is not that great. And our secondary, again, we just got shredded up. There was two guys on the whole damn field that were going to catch the ball, Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. And we did not cover them. We could not cover them. We were soft on them. So I don't know if this is an Aaron Glenn problem. I don't know if it's a personnel problem, but I am a little disappointed that Brad didn't address that. But again, our offense makes up for our downfall over defense, and that is still good enough to get us to into the playoffs and with playoff wins. Okay, I want to do a quick follow-up, though, because the other thing I've been thinking about is that the NFL, you can change over and you can you can create a sustainable team, but you also have these little pockets where... We pretty much know in the next year or so, Jared Goff's contract is going to nearly, you know, up by 20 million. You have to pay these other players. You don't have, you don't know who you're going to be able to obtain on rookies or, or lower contracts. So my brain tells me that you're in the absolute best position right now based on the players you have, the health and the contracts to try to go for everything, win everything, and then deal with whatever happens after. But he also has to balance that if this team's not ready or if they need to get playoff seasoning or whatever the case may be, that that's when the shrewd moves come in of, okay, sign the quarterback, but be able to have money for this guy and for that guy. Keep Jonah Jackson when everybody thinks he's out the door because you want to invest in the offensive line. Like as much as we're trying to build a winner long term, I feel like this year and next year are kind of those ultimate sweet spots where the contracts are still low, the players are still young, and they're still all raring to go to try to do absolute big things on the highest level. Yeah, my counter to that. Okay, I don't. I don't disagree with you at all. I don't. I think we have a a a, a good window here this year, next year, maybe the following year, where we still have guys that are producing on rookie contracts, right? But the thing is, is that Brad Holmes continues to have the ability to find those diamonds in the rough. And our first round picks, by the way, those those ain't those ain't top ten anymore. Okay, those are like bottom mm-hmm. five in the first round. So. You know, again, as long as you can keep, as long as he can keep refilling the tank with guys like I don't know Amon Ra in the fourth round, uh, Sam Laporta. Again, Amon Ra in the fourth round making 1.2 million dollars in cap hit this year. Sam Laporta making two million dollars in cap hit in the second rounder. Uh, again, he can Jack Campbell only making 3.3 this year as a second rounder. Like he is Jameer Gibbs, four million dollars a year as, as a top 15 pick. All right, he continues to reload. And again, I know I gave you mostly first and second rounders there, but he is filling holes in later rounds. He's finding talent. So as long as he can continue a good balance of, you know, hey, is a, is every rookie going to be Amon Ra? No, they're not. But if I can get him to come in here and be productive and be a part of this cornerstone and they can make less than $2 million a year over the span of four years, I can afford to pay my quarterback $50 million a year or, or 42 million, whatever it's going to be, because I'm continuing to find talent in the draft and I'm not just relying on free agency. That is the difference. And again, I know we don't like to do cross sports uh, comparison here, but that is the difference between Brad Holmes and Ken Holland of the Red Wings in the 2000s, right? Ken Holland could not draft to save his damn life. He had to trade every single draft pick to bring in free agents to build this team. And guess what? That worked for 25 years, but eventually the bottom crashed out and you were the worst team in the NHL for how many years? Brad Holmes can draft. So not only can he bring in talent from agency, but he's finding diamonds in the rough every year he drafts. And as long as he continues, this model is sustainable for the next 10 years. 
All right, well, we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, we know we can draft, but drafting becomes even more paramount when you really start paying people. We haven't really paid anyone. That's why I'm saying this year, next year is kind of like the ultimate go for it, to be honest, because after that, you were saying three, four, this, that, and the other, like guys either have to be paid or will be gone at that point. And that's when I think the job really ramps up for both Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. But I'm real excited. I want them to secure those cornerstones and fill in the rest however they need to. And right now, that's been pretty easy. Even adding a running back and offensive weapons looks nice now. Um, you got to sustain that as well as beef up your D and and areas you're weak as, as we go along as well. But uh, no complaints, man. Seven and two. A couple other dubskis maybe on the way leading this division. Um, and sky's the limit, to be honest, right now for this team, this city, this fan base. So, everybody, let's go ahead and take a break. Get our great sponsors in here that always help out the show when we come back. We'll do some quick shouts, have some fun with the people, and uh, yeah, we're going to preview this Bears game. I can't tell you it's going to be some in-depth 25-minute-plus preview because it won't be. It'll probably be us making fun of the Chicago Bears, Joey Christopoulos, our buddy, and others um, as we get ready to take them uh, to the woodshed in Ford Field. But uh, everybody will get into all that and probably plenty more right after the break. Everybody, be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, this goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You can put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, back from the break. As I always say, thank you for listening to the sponsors. Thank you for supporting the show, repping the show, 
choppy. I'm, I'm watching my pistons down a few in their awesome bad boys black and orange. Almost looks like Halloween costume uniforms. Your Red Wings kind of been up and down but doing some nice things. I mean, what do you guys say about the people out there, the Kool-Aid drinkers that have been supporting the show while, while you've been away? And uh, everyone's loving this team, man. We're getting lots of love on the show. It, it's going up, up, and up, and as always. And uh, love the people, man. Oh, the people are what we do this for, Oakry. And and uh, yeah, man, I do, I do. I got some good shout outs because, uh, you know, I, I was out of commission for a little while. So, you know, kind of laid up, uh, li- checking the Twitterverse and listening to the pods and hearing all the great stuff that you were putting out there um, and just watching the people respond. And so a couple here, man, I got one. I got to give a big shout out to Made in Detroit. Hashtag payment, uh, tra- tra- uh, trademark pending. Um, I believe he actually has a little TM on there, but I hit this guy has actually mocked up a couple of my tweets that I've said and thrown them up on like a t-shirt mock. So dude, I love it. It's just fantastic. So <laughs> he, uh, he's, he's out there. He loves his Detroit sports and uh, he grabs stuff that's people put on Twitter and then he mocks it up onto a shirt or a hat or something. Um, you know, not saying that he actually produces it, but it's pretty cool that he's able to do that. And then um, another big shout out, dude, lions fan, eight, six, Oh, always drinking the Honolulu blue Kool-Aid. Always retreating, always liking, always just all over the Lions. So big shout out to those two guys, um, you know, these last couple of weeks, just keeping it real with these Lions as we're rolling. So uh, what do you got for us, Okri? Poppy, I got some, I got a couple here, but what, what tweet of yours is going on a t-shirt? I, I didn't see this anywhere. What are you talking about over there? Oh, come on, man. I'm pretty sure I had a nice little Michigan take on there that was uh, <laughs> steal this sign and all of a sudden it became a... Uh, a little like uh, maize and blue, a little hail action on a blue shirt with some some uh, maize print out there, which uh, was not kid friendly. And there was another one out there. I don't think it was props for chops. I think it was something else that he uh, he mocked up and and tweeted back to me or DM'd me, and uh, it was pretty sweet. So I appreciated it. My goodness, who knows? And you don't even you're out there doing these side projects. I got no idea about any of this. But anyway, uh, I. I'll give a quick shout to, gosh, who is this here? This is a, a big-time person on the old Twitterverse, K, which is like a bunch of emojis and go blue everything, at MK go blue, and she was at the uh, game in SoFi and brought a flag that said, Dan Campbell's condensed whoop-ass soup. <laughs> Which, of course, I hit I back it. with a stone-cold uh, gifts and all types of goodness. Um, she gave me a follow, gave a follow, repping the show. Appreciate that. I got I to gotta shout out my guy, Trent K. He, he's come out the woodwork out of nowhere and is absolutely uh, repping the show, sharing the show, um, all over the place. And uh, trying to find his... His handle here, which I, of course, I can't get what we're doing, but I put out a Prince Nana gif of him doing the greatest dance of all time that's gone viral right now. And Trent's all over that, as he is everything else. We appreciate him. And I also want to shout out this person has nothing to do with the pod, has nothing to do with what we do. But if you love sports and it's the holiday season and you want to get an incredible, absolutely awesome sports artwork done you got to go check out abby the sports artist on twitter that's at 
Ambition Abby. I've already been chatting with her maybe about a couple custom pieces, Choppy, that have something to do with the pod. They may be showing up at a tailgate or maybe a game in the future. Um, but yeah. she does she does incredible work and is super nice. And uh, if, if you're looking to get anything done, you need to find her online, send her a DM, and say, this is what I'm trying to do. And she's a busy lady, but awesome, and will probably hook you up with a great piece of sports artwork, whether it be a black Sharpie drawing or a awesome painting on any size portrait you want done. So shout out to her. Man. Hey, Okri, I'm going to keep the, the Twitter love going for the ladies here because these next two are uh, are, are really, uh, really been involved here. I've got Melissa. That's at Divine Miss Mel. Uh, Melissa, I see you liking and retweeting all things Lions and Red Wings and Michigan. So I see you out there. I love the retweets. I love the hashtags. Keep it going, my girl, Melissa. And uh, fantastic name, by the way. That's my wife's name. And also uh, Rachel at Rachel Jean, Rachel Jean 11. All over the Lions Twitterverse, liking, retweeting. I'm pretty sure that she actually put out a tweet the other day that said, hashtag props to chops. So, Rachel, <laughs> you rock. I hope you're listening to the pod this week because you are amazing, my friend. Woo-wee! <laughs> I, I'm not seeing any pr- hashtag props to chops anywhere. Yet you're getting multiple hundreds of, of props to chops tweets. So that's that's interesting. Um, w- w- another quick shout out to Danny, D-A-N-N-I, um, at unapologetic don um he recently uh, enjoyed the show shared a couple tweets hit the whole follow button and uh, i just threw him on here too want to uh to shout him out so uh, all good stuff man like i say uh, we we always say it we do it for the people obviously everybody's hype about the, these lions of course you can listen to eight million other pods with beat writers and people with guests and people that just want to tell you about the exact same game you just watched and go play by play moment by moment which we don't do on this show because we know that you watched <laughs> So we try to give you interesting takes, hyperbole, rumor innuendo, sound drops for the people. And the people consist of the millions. And I finally got to my guy, Trent K, at Big T Rentals. (laughs) So, I mean, we could just do this all day, Choppy. Just throw out uh, love for those that follow the show, people that are whooping up the lions, people that uh, make us laugh. But uh, we got a ball game to talk about, Chops. We're 7-2. and two. I don't know if I mentioned that. We're leading the division. Did I say that earlier? I probably did a few times. And now psh, Chicago is coming to Ford Field, coming to the Lions' den. It, it, tell me that they want a piece, Choppy. Tell me that, that this guy ain't going to do big things when we have the Chicago Bears in our home house and we're rolling at, at a high level. Unleash Hutch. Tell me that we're not going to need to have theme music when he gets off the football multiple times in this game. Tell me that Dan Campbell isn't ready to unleash Hutch. Unleash Hutch. I'm ready to unleash Hutch. Exactly, Dan Campbell. Our defense, our offense, everything's going to be rolling. I don't know what there is to break down, but I know we're about to break down this team from top to bottom they have a couple players here or there sorry joey christopoulos from the believe podcast network you're still our guy your team's a mess 
They're not good. I don't care who plays quarterback. You got no defenders that scare me. I know you paid Montez Sweat 25-plus million. He's not that good. I'm not worried about him. And this is just going to be an absolute beatdown for an NFL football game, and I can't wait for it. Oh, Oakry. All good points. First off, uh, Joey, I love you. Uh, I don't like your team. It sucks. Um, so please take nothing that I'm about to say personal because at Joey Kostropoulos, you are the man. Uh, but listen, your team is dog crap. Okay. You're, you collectively are paying $70 million to Montez Sweat, Tremaine Edmonds, and Eddie Jackson. Who? Who? And who? Are you kidding me right now? You are a dumpster fire, Chicago. I don't know what your GM is doing. By the way, you're also paying DJ Moore $16 million a year. Okay? Your team is a dumpster fire. Your defense is trash. Your roster is trash. Your cap space situation is trash. That you there's There is nothing about this team that anybody has anything to be hopeful for. You don't know who your quarterback is. You know you got a running back maybe playing quarterback, but there's still talk that you may be going after Caleb Williams, who ain't going to be him uh, next year. You suck, Chicago, and we are going to come in. Actually, you're going to come to our house, and you're going to get beat down like a dog, okay? And by the way, I don't – I, uh, I uh, PETA, do not call me out on that one because I am an animal lover, but the Lions are going to maul the Bears to death on Sunday at 1 o'clock at Ford Field. It isn't going to be close. It isn't going to be pretty, and we'll probably be playing our backups the entire fourth quarter. Perhaps I know you said we love, respect, and appreciate Mr. Joey Christopoulos at Joey Sports Guy on the Twitterverse, but uh, not a, not as much as we love this guy. Ben Johnson, I love you. Ben Johnson, you are my hero. <laughs> you also hit on some other things that they're lacking in. Let, let me just say this. When the Detroit Lions, when people come up to me and continue to say, hey, Okri, how about those Lions? Like, when people come into our house indoors and we're rolling like this and our defense just got rolled like they did and we got an opponent like this coming in, it's about to get ugly for you, (laughs) for whoever it is on the other side of the football. So I'm looking at this. I'm like, I heard Dan Campbell today say that they think, uh, their quarterback is going to be back. I mean, who is he talking about? Just run fields. The guy that is one of the better tailbacks maybe in football, but can't throw, can't process, can't think. And guess what? He also can't do chops. Do you know? Oh gosh. I, I mean, what can he do? There's so many, there's so many. <laughs> exactly. answers. You gotta tell me. That's actually the better question. What can he do? But let's add this to what he can't do pile. He still can't sing. Also, kind of a a, a good singer. La, oh, that was so bad. All right, here we go. La, that was probably a six cringe. out of ten. I, I usually sing better. Oh, he said that was a six out of ten. He oh. graded himself a six out of ten on that. Hey, uh. hey, just run. <laughs> That's about a six out of ten on your singing. Your throwing's about a three out of ten. Your running is maybe more like a eight out of ten. Your quarterback play overall is like a three out of ten. People people actually said the words MVP with your name, and they forgot this, Choppy, that the Bears are who we thought they were. Hit it, Denny. The Bears are what we thought they were. <laughs> what, what, what we thought they were. <laughs> the Bears are who we exactly. thought they were. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown them. No one's crowning them. They are who we thought they were. 
Exactly. They're, they are who we thought they were, Choppy. I mean, I've been using that drop since like three years ago when we first got Joey on, and it still applies right now. Oh, gosh. It's, listen. Hey, um, also, I guess we could actually, Okri, I did find, I did, I just thought of something that the Bears actually did. Well, I mean, I guess they did it right for us. Uh, they let Demani go and come sound with the Detroit Lions. Okay, because they thought Khalil Herbert and uh, Devonta Foreman were going to be a better duo for them than Demani, and they were wrong because now we've got the Thunder with the Lightning. I know there's all that's a big thing on Twitter. So what are we calling Gibbs and Monty right now? The two-headed monster. You know what I'm calling them? I'm calling the best damn running back duo in the NFL, not the NFC, the NFL. L best duo in the NFL. So thank you, Chicago, for parting ways with that guy and picking him up like, oh, I don't know, hashtag what Choppy said, one we should do in the offseason because it's really worked out for us. So that's one thing you did right for the Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears. Choppy, I am working up nickname options. People have seen me put out getting Gibby with it. They've seen Gibby gone wild. They've seen Gibby some Mo because I think you were talking about D Mo, right? I know you said something else, but you meant D Mo, right? Nope. I'm sticking with it. D money. <laughs> well, uh, I, change it. you'll never get me to change it. I, I do agree that they're, uh, they're a top running back combo. And the reason why is because D Mo keeps Dropping it to the flow, taking it to the hole, to the house for a skull. <laughs> and we have that other guy who's a multidimensional, positionless, elite weapon. Jameer <laughs> Gibbs. And and this was my response every time Demo or Gibbs or anybody takes one to the house, but especially Demo, because the Bears gave it to gave him to us for nothing, and he's been absolutely balling. Everybody, everybody's in. <laughs> <laughs> That's my laughter when I watch the Chicago Bears defense, or I watch Justin Fields throw, or I watch Demo run through defenses for our team instead of theirs. Absolutely love it. That's fantastic. It's fantastic, Ogre. So look, um, you know, I again, I. I feel I don't even feel like we need to get into this. The Lions are, you know, like a 75 point percent uh, to win. The, the Vegas has them as at a nine and a half point favorite. A touchdown and a half, people, is what we are favored by right now, which is absolutely unheard of in the NFL. Um, you know, the over under is at 46. Uh, hashtag pound the over because we might have 46 points just us. Uh, this game is going to be ridiculously bad. We are going to run the ball all over them. Um, you know, Jared Goff might not even need, we might go a la Michigan and just not run the ball for the entire, or not throw the ball for the <laughs> entire second half. Just hand it off to the two headed monster and let the O-line dominate and just go for score, for score, for score, for score, because they are not going to be able to stop us. And, uh, and on defense, you know, look, when your defense is down, what's the best way to get a nice little pick me up? play the bears by chicago yeah i i agree with you my only counterpoint is what i said earlier in the show that we're getting so used to winning we have such a good team we have high-powered offense we have an exciting fun defense it's like we just go into every week talking about not only winning but winning by 7 10 14 i mean it is the national football league i don't know if you've heard me say this on the show before choppy but lots of games are close 
Lots of games come within one score. It usually comes down to the final, you know, few possessions. Any play can change a football game. But not in this football game. I see it exactly like you said. I I see DJ Moore is really their only guy on offense who's a guy that I would consider good. He's not great. He's not elite. He's pretty good. On defense, they have Sweat. They have $20 million linebackers that are okay. <laughs> um, and a few other pieces. Uh, I just see us doing what we want to do. I, I see a possible Teddy Biscuits sighting in this ball game late. I see this game being 31 for the Lions. I went conservative. I agree with you. There could be a 40-burger put up. But I went 31 for the Lions, and I gave Just Run Fields or Bajent or the you know captain of the arm wrestling fan club, whatever, 10 points. 31-10. I know that's a crazy beatdown, but I see it being a smooth, comfortable 31-10 while not embarrassing them completely, also not being close. And if it's even closer than that, it should still be a comfortable win for the Lions. So I feel really good about this one. You usually would say no disrespect, but I kind of feel like we've been kind of disrespectful in this uh, preview, but... I do think we're the superior team. We should win, and the Kool-Aid drinkers and all Lions fans can have fun at Chicago's expense, which we love and which they hate, which is kind of a nice combo. Uh, Okri, um, so listen, with no due respect, <laughs> we will win 38 to 13. We will beat you by 25 points, okay? No respect intended because you don't deserve it because you shouldn't even be on the same field as us, okay? You squeaked away three wins somehow. Uh, you know, look, we're going to beat your asses, Chicago. So, you know, come into Ford Field. We're going to treat you like redheaded stepchildren and then go back to Chicago. Uh, cry yourself a river as you drive down 94 back to Chi-Town because you're going to get to beat 38 to 13, um, and I do agree that by the fourth quarter, we'll probably take our foot off the gas and we'll probably start, I don't know, like let Craig Reynolds run the ball every time or Come on, I don't know, Craig. maybe get some rookies in there and, uh, you know, Hey, maybe even throw in a little Teddy biscuits in there too, just to, just to Teddy get some, biscuits. just for shits and giggles. So, uh, 38 <laughs> to 13 lions beat down market. All right, Choppy, now that we got that out of the way, let's get into our main topic. Jim Harbaugh. And the, oh, no, we, we don't have time. We can't get into that. We would get off the rails quickly. Choppy, you came back with some gusto. You showed up. You did your thing. You did your gimmicks. We took shots at Chicago. We talked about a great win against the Chargers. We shouted out the people. We drank Kool-Aid. We ate cornbread. You got anything else for the people before we get up out of here? I mean, did did we did we did we tell the golf the hashtag golf train enough? Because I feel like I didn't get even get to hear the music for the hashtag golf train all show. I mean, you you just got to leave the people with it. Tell them to tell them it's time to to get on board. Well, it, it is people, so I'm gonna need for my boy Oakry to cue the music, and then you all better punch your ticket on the hashtag golf train. The new forty five million dollar man, soon to be. Everybody, load up on that golf train, get yourself a, uh, a jug of Kool-Aid, put in two orders of cornbread in the oven, and we'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bag, start the plane.
Drink it in, man.